Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase. Tonight, St. Louis versus the Rams in the NFL is over. Plus, we take a look at the NFC playoff race. And later, we're headed to the frozen tundra. We preview Rams at Packers. Next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports 4 Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back to Rams Showcase right here on Sports 4 Radio. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, which you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Pex. I'm laying down the law for you guys tonight. Bunch of awesome stuff to get into, as uh, usual here on Ram Showcase. First and foremost, though, I wanted to say thanks, guys. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm feeling pretty thankful, man. And I'm thankful for you guys. If you guys have not already, make sure you guys head over to the Ram Showcase YouTube channel and hit a subscribe there, because I'm sure most of you guys, per the numbers that I can see, on my screens here, uh, the bulk of you guys are listening to me on fan-sided. So, YouTube is where the video version's at, and you can also get the show broken up into different segments there. We got a bunch of cool stuff to get into, though. Uh, we have the, the St. Louis lawsuit. The puppy's over, alright? It's all done now. Good news, we can all move on from that story. We'll get into the rest of the West, and like I said on the other side, we've got the game preview, the Rams at the Packers. We have a special guest for us uh, this time around. Uh, actually, it's something that I have never done here on Ram Showcase, which was have somebody in studio for an interview. And that is because uh, one of my best bros of all time, uh, he's actually a Packers fan. So it was like, you know what, man? Like, let's just go ahead and do the thing. 
And why don't you come on down to the sheriff's station? And it's not like he lives far. It's like a 10-minute drive or something. Like, but come on down to the sheriff's station, man. Come say what's up, and uh, we'll talk about this game, Rams and Packers. So we got that on the back end for you guys after I get into my normal game preview. Then we'll get into that interview with uh, Jackson. So that'll be some awesome stuff, guys. So hang, hang around for all of that. But before we get into the juiciness here, what I did ask you guys last week for our trivia question for our giveaway was... Uh, what, what was your first Rams game? And if you haven't been to a Rams game, what was your, what, uh, what, what game would you want to go to the, the rest of this season? And I got some really cool answers. And surprisingly, there was a lot of Rams fans that were at games that I was at that I had no idea about, but it's been in the time that I've been doing Rams showcase. So a, where the heck were you guys at, man? All right. We're supposed to meet up and drink beers and stuff like that, but it's okay. It's okay. Most of those have been in, uh, in Denver, the Rams at Broncos. I've been to every iteration of that since 2010. So if the Rams have been in Denver between 2010 and now, including preseason, I've been there. And then uh, just, I don't think it was anybody's first game. At least I didn't get an answer for it. The, the Rams Chargers preseason game is this, uh, this season. And then I did get one comment that was saying that like, well, I haven't been to a game, but to go to the Jags game. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I'll be at that game, which is really cool because that's going to be our next episode. Uh, will be the preview for that one. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, depending on which way you guys want to look at it, would be that uh, that's actually going to be a live show and it's not going to have a lot of the production aspects as the Ram Showcase episodes typically do because I'll be in a hotel in Salt Lake City. So I won't have access to my equipment here. I'll just have my computer and my cell phone and that's how we'll we'll get the entire show done. So uh, it'll be good, though. That'll be on Wednesday night that we will record that show. Uh, or uh, put it out there, I guess, because it'll be a, a live episode, like I said. So, And then uh, for fan casos, we'll do them from the show. We'll pull from the show, but I'm not going to like look at the comments as I'm going because I've got like a, like, a, like a little bit of a routine here, and I feel like we'll just keep on cruising that. And if I start looking at comments, that's all I'm going to do is respond to people because I like looking at comments and, and responding. But that was, uh, that was my question, though, was I needed to – I wanted to know what, what was your first Rams game Got some really cool answers, and uh, I, I, like I said, a lot of them were, some of them were like a long time ago, and that's so sick. That's so sick. Like, I love the the old school stuff. I, I'm not one of those people that believes that just because you've been a Rams fan for a long time, you're a better fan than new fans, but I do really appreciate the history and some of the, the like, the, the point of view that some people are able to give when they were going to games in, like, the 70s and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. So let's go ahead and get a winner for this one. And then I got another question for you guys. It's not really a question. This one's going to be the easiest giveaway uh, of all time this next week. I promise, guys, because it's Thanksgiving. So I feel like giving stuff to you guys. Shaw's Customs permission or not. That's what we're doing. (laughs) All right. This one here feels like a good winner to me. Let's take a look at it. We have Ram's House as the winner again. Dude. I don't know what it is, man. Rams House, he gets dubs, man. He gets dubs. I also have uh, my my little winner pile is actually now becoming a winner drawer over here. Um, but uh, for this one, guys, for this next giveaway, all I need from you guys, I, I just want you guys to tell me Happy Thanksgiving, all right? It's going to be the easiest one. You don't even have to dig deep. You guys can tell me what you're thankful for, and I will absolutely read that, appreciate it, and probably respond to you. But... All I really need is a happy Thanksgiving, and I'll give a happy uh, tea given back at you, and then we're good to go. You're in the the giveaway. But I also do need those answers in by Monday night, 
uh, because I'll be gathering everything together and then heading out to Salt Lake City. So I won't be adding to that list uh, after that. So uh, that is it, though. That's uh, that's what you guys need to do. Give me a good uh, happy Thanksgiving, and then you guys could be the next winner of a Shaw's Customs giveaway that we'll be uh, getting out uh, next week as well. So let's go ahead and get into the good stuff, though. Uh, we'll start with this one, the Rams and the Jaguars game, that game that I will be at, as some of you guys might be there as well. If you guys are going to be there, I'll be in the pink lot hanging out. Come say what's up. Let's, you know, let's do the thing. Let's let's just have a good time. All right, guys, it'll be some awesome stuff. But that game has been moved just 20 minutes up, though. It was originally scheduled to kick off at 1.25 p.m. and now is scheduled to kick off at 1.05 p.m. So... Just 20 minutes early. I'm sure there's some weird TV stuff that I don't fully understand that went into this decision. It's not a real flex by any means. Just a little bit of a shift. And I, I will say that I think that the the 05 kickoff times are for games that maybe won't get that big of coverage. But we got some pretty big coverage for uh, for this week. So I think it's okay. I think, I think it'll pay off. I think it works out. It works out. So, you guys might also be aware that the Rams have recently brought in wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. If you guys have not heard this news, feel free to come out of that rock that you're under uh, at any time and join the rest of us here uh, because this was pretty big news, of course. And, uh, you know, OBJ being a Ram now, of course, the first game, he had three practices. I'm not looking too deep into that one. I do anticipate as the season goes on, he's going to be a more important piece of this offense. Uh, but I think we have some cases on that, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll kind of talk about that then. But it's a, the same premise is that, you know, he had three practices. Now he's got the bye week under his belt. Similar situation for Von Miller, but this is about OBJ. So OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., has decided that he wants to receive his Rams salary in Bitcoin, which is, you know, I think it's kind of cool. I didn't know that this was a possibility. I kind of thought that you had to get it in USD, but... I guess that's not the case. You can get it however you want. I would probably get it in like double stuffed Oreos or something. Like, I don't know. Probably something weird. <laughs> probably probably something where at the end of my career, I'd be like, that was a bad decision. Like, I shouldn't have, <laughs> I shouldn't have got paid in corn nuts. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. But OBJ will get his, his salary in Bitcoin. He also wanted to give away some Bitcoin to some lucky Rams fans who happen to be followers of his uh, on social media. So I don't know if you guys saw this or not. But he was giving away some Bitcoin to people, and he was giving away a million dollars total in Bitcoin to uh, multiple people. So it was basically drop your Cash App name or whatever, and he was going to Bitcoin you some money, or that's not how that's worked. But send you some Bitcoin, I guess, is how I'm going to say it, because I don't really know all the verbiage. <laughs> I'm not the crypto guy, but uh, he will be. Uh, he has been sending that out. I've seen some screenshots and everything. It's pretty cool. Uh, he did end up, uh, he sent, he is, has been sending 0.00035467 Bitcoin. So very, very low amount. If you guys are, are, uh, the crypto people, then you guys would know that that equals to about 20 bucks, uh, so that he was sending out to people, which is a, I mean, that's cool. It's a, it's a fluctuating price point. Uh, I know it's not a, it at its peak right now. I think it's like, a about a thousand under what it's peaked at, if I'm not mistaken, but Hey, that's pretty cool stuff. Basically, uh, OBJ sends fans 20 bucks and you can just let it sit there. Maybe, maybe it grows someday and maybe you, maybe you can get it up there to a decent amount of money, but 20 bucks, Hey, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. And I am not, I'm not going to stick up my nose at $20. If somebody was like, Hey, you want this $20? I'm like, get that out of my face. Like, I'm not going to be doing anything like that. Um, I also, I didn't do this because I, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Like 
I just said I, I'm not like the crypto guy and all that stuff. I don't hate it or anything like that. I'll probably get into it eventually. I have no idea. I don't know what the future holds for Sheriff Joe Banks. But what I can tell you guys is that seeing when, when people like OBJ are giving stuff away to people, I tend to back off because in my brain, it's like, oh, let other people have that. Like, I don't I don't need it. It'd be cool. But I don't need it. Like, let other people have it. Maybe somebody else does need it. Maybe I'm taking a slot of somebody who could have really used that right now. I have no idea. So I just let people have it. It's, you know, I just try, just try to stay away from it. Staying in other wide receiver news here. Wide receiver Tory Holt is a semifinalist again for the Hall of Fame. Will 2022 be the season that we get our boy Tory in? Oh, man, it better be. Because who else is even in the, the greatest show on turf that's even up for it? You know what I mean? Like... There's some players on that team that I personally like. They're in they're in the Hall of Fame of my heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Adam Timmerman and, and you know like Ricky Prohl and guys like that. That I think like I, I think we're underrated into in that offense, and I just think we're we're very big parts of it. But we've also we've already got Kurt Warner movie coming out soon, and then uh, Marshall Fox already in. Isaac Bruce just got in. Orlando Pace is in. So if we can get Tory in, then I think that's pretty sweet. Also. The Holt Brothers Foundation is incredible. I love it so much. Uh, it's, you know, after, especially after hearing Tori, like, explain what it is and stuff like that. Because, like, Holt Brothers Foundation, like, of course, Terrence Holt was a safety. He played for the Lions, I know, for a little bit. But uh, they've been able to come together and, and do some really, really cool things. So, Tori, man, I'm really hoping that this is the one. I'm hoping that this is the season that he gets in. This is now the eighth time that he's been a semifinalist. And there are some other names on there that you're like, oh, well, that guy should get in too, man. Like It's like, oh, well, this one too. Yeah. But luckily, I guess, uh, luckily, I guess, I don't know. But uh, for this this year, actually, there's not too many first ballot guys that I would be like, oh, yeah, they obviously get in before Tory. Like that, it's happened in the past, the last couple of years. It's like, well, yeah, like I, obviously Tory's going to get in. Like we want him in now, but this guy, I mean, how do you say no to that kind of thing? So, I mean, you got to take what you can get, I guess, but Tory. Hey man, I hope I hope you know, Tori, that all of Rams Nation is definitely rooting for you, man. And we're all mad about it too. I don't know if you're mad about it, but we are all mad that you are not in quite yet. Moving on, because uh, uh, Tori Holt was actually a St. Louis Ram, and speaking of St. Louis, the lawsuit has come to an end. We have a conclusion to the lawsuit of the city of St. Louis versus the Rams slash the NFL for violating terms of the negotiation or the uh, the relocation policy. And you know what? I had a whole thing written up here, and I'll kind of give you guys some bullet points of what I had written up here on the topic before I had learned about a settlement being reached. Basically, it was talking about how mediation began Tuesday, which was just yesterday as of time of recording, and that Kroenke offered $100 million to the city of St. Louis. They did decline that. And uh, that Kroenke and this indemnification were still an issue. And that, you know, if, if the, the settlement wasn't reached, that the trial was scheduled to begin in January. But Kroenke was kind of getting a little bit tired of paying all of the legal fees for certain teams. But other teams were saying, like, well, if you didn't agree to pay the legal fees, then we weren't even going to vote for you to move, bro. So there's a whole lot of things going into this. And I remember that day so vividly, the day that the Rams got approval to move. I remember it so vividly. I was coming home from work and I remembered I'd already had an article written out. And actually, because this is at the time before Ram Showcase had started, I started Ram Showcase. The first episode was less than two months after that, that approval happened because I really was sitting there and it was like, okay, well, I have to do something more now. Like I, I like, it's going to be back to the LA Rams. 
like just doing just writing articles is not going to be enough. I need to get get more into it. So I had the entire article written up and I did something that you shouldn't do if you're <laughs> if you're like a sports journalism guy is uh, I was listening to local radio wherever the city is that these votes were taking place. I was listening to local radio. They had a person on scene at the hotel where the conference was taking place. And I wasn't even home, so I had the my editor on the phone. And I was, like, listening in. And when that guy that they had on site said, Yo, oh, hey, Crocky's just now walking out. Uh, he's opened the doors. He's, he's out in the hallways now. Uh, people are saying congratulations. He's smiling and shaking hands. I told my editor right there, I was like, publish it, publish it, publish it. It's, it's approved. We did it. It's LA Rams. Now. Like, and did it. Which was, in hindsight, maybe a bad move because I actually didn't know. <laughs> but I can say that I was the first publication. I was the first person who had an article out on the subject of the LA Rams movie. You can't find it now. The website doesn't exist anymore. It's a defunct website. So, I mean, I don't know how I could prove it, but, you know, that is whatever. Not, not important. But, I remember everything about this day so vividly, and I also remember thinking, like, I don't know how they did this. Like, I don't know how they pulled this off. I don't know how the Rams got everybody to agree to let them move when, in my, like, it, I'm thinking this as this was all happening. It's like, these relocation rules, I don't think we hit those. But, hey, I mean, the owners voted for it. This, the NFL's powerful. I don't think that they would do anything like that. Uh, so, I don't know. So, we just did it anyway, and I remembered all that. Anyway, flashing forward to now, to, to, to today... That we've reached a settlement. And like I said, Stan Kroenke offered $100 million. The city of St. Louis was reportedly asking for, like, they were baseline billion. Wanted a billion dollars. Minimum. That was, like, what they were talking about. And the final settlement reached is $790 million, if you guys haven't heard. Uh, it's not sure. We're No one's sure how much of that $790 million Stan Kroenke is going to pay for. I would assume it's going to be a very large per percentage of it, if not all of it, uh, in my opinion. I just think that that would make sense uh, for Kroenke to do that, especially with this indemnification that is in. I know that the, well, I don't know if you count these as legal fees or not, but either way, I do think that Kroenke will be the one to foot most of that bill. Um, but also, you know, initial reports, like I said, they, they the city of St. Louis was asking for a billion dollars. And I like I don't I feel like the NFL got away with one here. I'll be honest with you guys. All right, I feel like the NFL in the in the Rams. I feel like we kind of got off easy, and I don't know all the details. I, I am not claiming to know all the details, and I won't lie to you guys. Okay, but we've 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 talked about this topic a few times here on Rams Showcase, and every single time it was like getting better for St. Louis, and then all of a the sudden they're like, okay, we'll just take whatever we can get. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Obviously, $790 million is a lot more than the NFL wanted to pay. $790 million is also a lot less than the city of St. Louis wanted. So I guess that there is some kind of agreement there that would make sense because it does feel like a low number, everything considered. Also, we also we don't know what happened with uh, the court case potential of, you know, because it sounded like the city of St. Louis was getting bits of information from somebody inside the NFL, whether that was the, the Chargers and or the Raiders is what uh, my assumptions would be on who was feeding them that information. Because the Raiders obviously wanted to be in Los Angeles. They are mad, I think, that they're in Vegas. I think they're like making the best of a, of a situation, but it's clear that they wanted to be the L.A. Raiders and that did not happen. Uh, basically, the NFL, Jerry Jones, Stan Kroenke was like, no, we're doing it. And it happened. So. Um, it just also this the settlement does not include an expansion team. The money would have made sense with an expansion team uh, part of the settlement, but that is not the case. And now 
I'm curious to see whether the NFL will ever step foot in St. Louis again because of this. The city of St. Louis just cost the the NFL $790 million. That's a good chunk of change, all right? And I know that we're sitting here saying, like, well, Kroenke's got that. Well, yeah, but if I have $100, I don't want to give you 80 of it right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's, it's a sliding scale here, I get. But, like, let's not pretend like $790 million, like, Kroenke sees that and he's like, oh, psh, nothing. Get rid of it. Go ahead. Yeah, send it. Send the check. I don't care. You guys got Venmo? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that that's the case. It's still a lot of money, all right? And uh, that's a lot of money for anybody. I don't care who you are or what situation you're in, what tax bracket you're in, or how many, like, what organization you own. I don't care. Okay, that's a good chunk of money. But either way, it feels like the NFL, the Rams, got off uh, pretty easy on this one. But I also, like, I wish I had more details, guys. Like, it, it sounds like it sounds like the city of St. Louis potentially knew that if they won the court case, which I don't see a way that they wouldn't have won the court case unless there's some information, a big piece of information that I just don't have. But it feels like the city of St. Louis knew that they were going to win, but also that the NFL would just appeal it and that they wouldn't see anything for years. And I, I, I'm, I tend to go that way, that I feel like the city of St. Louis was like, all right, well, let's just get what we can get. $790 million, let's do it. It's kind of weird how it was all set up, too. Like, it was literally, they were in two separate rooms. Like, St. Louis reps, NFL reps, in two different rooms, and there was a guy that would go back. Like, that's a real thing. A guy would go back and forth. Like, a guy will walk in and be like, hey, Mayor Butts, like, or whatever his name is. <laughs> I don't know who the Mayor Butts is. Is that the, I think it might be California. But, you know, I go in there and be like, all right, this is what they said. And then that guy's like, no, over there. And then so the guy, he walks back over there. He's like, all right, I told him. And they said this. Like, you know what I mean? That's like a real thing that actually happened. That's wild to me. Seems like a movie thing. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's just talk about just uh, quick transactions for you guys really fast. Uh, linebacker Leonard Floyd. He should be okay. He did get a concussion uh, against the 49ers. Uh, looks like he's on pace to play in this one, but he is still going through that protocol per Sean McVay. Linebacker Justin Hollins, it looks like his 21-day clock will be started after this Packers game. And um, when when he does return, he now gets to join a, a defense that features Von Miller. And let's not forget that Justin Hollins was playing some pretty dang good football before he got hurt. So I think that this Rams pass rush is about to get pretty dope. And good timing because we got some uh, some pretty big games coming up here. Uh, against some some guys who can definitely move around. Of course, you got Kyler Murray and those Cardinals. You got another game against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. We got Lamar Jackson, so that's going to be a tough one as well. So, hey, it'll be good to have as much pass rush help as we can, but uh, those two outside linebackers are the ones that are on the injury report right now that I felt like we needed to talk about. Let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break here, and on the other side, we got the rest of the West. All right, let's get into the rest of the West, what those other three dweebs are up to. We'll start with the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll be honest, guys, I think I picked the Jaguars because I'm a little bit bitter about that Monday Night Football game. I stand by it. I don't know if the 49ers are going to get it done like everybody else thinks they might. Like, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm in a situation here where the conversation has begun where it's, you know, are the 49ers going to creep up on the Rams and steal that number two spot in the NFC West? And I don't think, I'm not necessarily worried about that, at least quite yet. Um, I, I think that the Rams eyeballs are still set on the Arizona Cardinals sitting at the top. I think that that's where we're shooting for. So if that's the case, I don't think we're really that worried about what's happening behind us. What I can say is that the standings will remain the same because everybody's two games apart right now. So we'll at least see these standings 
for at least one more week. But the 49ers, there was something about the, these 49ers that I just don't trust. I don't trust this team right now. Uh, I have a hard time picking them. But also, they're playing the Vikings this week. That, that's a hard team to pick, too. So I, I really have no idea. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken here, I, I think I went with the 49ers in this one on my picks on the, the NFC West Roundtable, which you guys, if you guys didn't check out, uh, this week was on the AZ Sports Fan Channel. So make sure you guys check it out there. But the 49ers did defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-10. to I'll be honest, it feels like Jimmy is doing just enough to hold off Trey Lance. Like, to the point where, like, if, like, Trey Lance is going to be the starter there, unless, like, for some reason they just want him as trade bait, which wouldn't make any sense, but I don't think that's the case, by the way. It's just random thoughts here. But also, you're at the point now where if you pulled Jimmy, it would be like, well, he's doing fine, though. Like, so what are you guys doing? So I don't know. Um, but it does feel like he's doing just barely enough there. And then Brandon Ayuk, uh, the wide receiver, is getting more and more involved as the season goes on. And I think that's a pretty big deal because we already know what Debo can do. Debo's been having a great season. He's sitting almost with Cup on a lot of the stats. He's got, what, like 22 more yards after catch than Cup. But, you know, it happens. But, uh, yeah, Ayuk is getting more involved. And I think that that's just going to make them a little bit more dangerous uh, as the stretch happens. But... Like I said, I have a hard time trusting this team. There's something about this squad that I just, I, I, I feel like they're going to have like a, their good little gap here where they're playing some really good games for three, four, five weeks. And I think that's about it. So in week 12, they will play uh, the Minnesota Vikings that will be in Santa Clara. And that game is at 1.25 p.m. on Fox. Let's head over to the Arizona Cardinals now. And they did play the Seahawks. We're going to do this from each perspective. So the Cardinals beat the Seahawks. 23-13, to 13. Colt McCoy carries the Cardinals again. He was 35 of 44, 328 yards, two touchdowns to zero interceptions. And he's, you know, it's it seems like he's, these division games that Colt McCoy has played, I mean, he's playing some ball in these games for sure. So it's kind of interesting to see. And also the Cardinals were able to get to Zach, uh, not to Zach Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson four times. And this week in week 12, the Arizona Cardinals will be on a bye week. So they'll be resting up. Looks like we'll see D-Hop and Kyler Murray coming back after that bye uh, in Week 13. And then uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they did lose to the Arizona Cardinals. That score is 23-13. Russell Wilson sacked four times. No touchdowns again. All right? So Russ is not necessarily cooking. All right? it's uh, Russ is, is having some struggles here. Struggle, struggle Wilson. <laughs> that does not work as well as, as well as I wanted it to. But I still stand by it. So the last Russell Wilson touchdown was scored in the second quarter versus the Rams on Thursday night football in week five. So it's been it's been a while. All right. And then also the Seahawks got absolutely toasted on time of possession. It was 1938 to 40, 22. That's a massive gap there. Right. And that's the one thing that the Port and I have been doing really well lately is time of possession. They are controlling the game in week 12. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks will play at the football team, and that game is on Monday Night Football, actually. 5-15 kickoff on ESPN on Monday night. So a little bit of a long weekend for the Seahawks and the football team to hang out with their fam on the this wonderful holiday weekend that we got coming up. Let's take a look at the standings real fast. Uh, first place, you got the Arizona Cardinals, 9-2. and two. The Rams sitting behind them, 7-3. and three. And then below that, the bottom tier teams in the NFC West right now. You got the 49ers at 5-5 five and five and the Seattle Seahawks at 3-7. and seven. If you guys are keeping track at home, no matter who wins what games this weekend, the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks, that will be the same order heading into week 13 as 
every team is two wins apart from each other. So, uh, you know, the Rams are still, they can obviously still get that that number one spot away from the Arizona Cardinals. They could also lose that, no, that number two spot to the San Francisco 49ers. I do think that the Rams just had a little bit of a down stretch, and I think they'll turn it around. Will it be against the Packers? You know, I'm not 100% sure. But I do think that if the Rams were to lose these three straight and, and lose to the Packers, which would be Titans, 49ers, Packers, I don't think that that necessarily defines the whole season. And I think that the Rams would still be able to come out on the back end, on that back stretch, and put together some dubs and go into the playoffs feeling pretty good about themselves. Because I do feel good that this team will make the postseason. I just don't know about the 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 timing of when that postseason hits. So we just, like, it's almost good to have a little bit of a slump right now because then you can gain that momentum back. Like, you really don't want to lose two straight or three straight going into the playoffs, you know what I mean? You want to be kind of feeling good about yourself as that, that hits. So there is time for the Rams to get to that point. Let's take a look at the playoff race here. The number one seed, Arizona Cardinals at 9-2. and two. You got the Green Bay Packers below them at the two seed, 8-3. and three. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys sitting with seven and three records. Also with the LA Rams sitting with a seven and three record, but not in position to get into those top four slots. Minnesota Vikings worked their way in with a five and five record and the Saints dropped one spot from a week ago with a five and five record as well. So they are sitting at that number seven seed teams just sitting on the outside. We got the five and five San Francisco 49ers and the 5-6 and six Eagles and Carolina Panthers. So if uh, you guys are keeping track, then the Saints will play at the Packers, the Vikings will play at the Bucks, and the Rams would play at the Cowboys if the season were to end right now. One of the Rams' most exciting playoff wins of recent history did come against the Dallas Cowboys. That was a game where, where Anderson and Gurley just kind of went off. They both had over 100 rushing yards, so that was pretty fun. Uh, not in a similar situation necessarily right now, but it's all good. Um, it's just the Rams just aren't running as much as we would like uh, to see them run the football. So you know, the playoff race is getting uh, getting pretty juicy, and there's so many teams playing well right now. Uh, I do, I, I am feeling like the Rams are just going to hit that five seed, but I think it's going to be okay uh, because we're playing probably at the Bucks or at the Cowboys. If I had to guess in that situation. Playing at the Bucks, that's definitely a scary thing. Uh, the we, the Rams have already beaten the Buck, Bucks this year, but I, I think I've said it. I think I said it to my sister, at least, was was like, yeah, that's awesome to get this win over the Bucks. Hope we don't have to play them again, though. Like, that's a scary thing. So uh, playing at the Dallas Cowboys, that one scares me a lot less. I don't know if that's just my brain putting the Cowboys are not as good as they have been or what, but I do kind of feel that way uh, in my heart. And then, uh, yeah, either way, though, it's going to be a tough NFC playoff battle uh, once that situation hits. Because, you know, we're, we're in a situation now, and like why, why I'm not mad that the Rams would get the five seed if that is what happens, is you just got to get to get to the dance. Just get to the dance. That's all you need to do this season. There's so many good football teams, and uh, the Rams have already dropped two at home. So, I don't know. It's just one of those where just just make it to the dance. Anything can happen if you're if you're in the playoffs. And that's all you need to do. I feel good that the Rams will be able to do that. So let's take another quick break here. And on the other side, we got the game preview. Rams at Packers. Don't move! Link for Shaw's Customs will be in the description below. Make sure you tell them that I sent you. That is the key to the magic here. But we have the LA Rams heading up to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. 
It's been a little bit since the Rams have been there, just uh, since January. So it hasn't been a whole year since the Rams last played in Lambeau Field, but this should be a good one either way. This game kicks off at 1.25 p.m. Pacific time. That will be on Fox. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be on the call. Packers figure to be in their green uniforms as the Rams will be rocking the bone for this one. Uh, we don't have pants yet. Uh, like it's just They just tell us 24 hours ahead of kickoff. It's on the Rams app if you guys are curious. You just look at Rams at Packers, click that bad boy, and then you get all the information you need. Loving the new feel of the the Rams app, by the way. I think it's awesome. Uh, I, I like the way it's laid out. I realize that like just about everybody lays out their website that or their their apps that way. But either way, it's the Rams, and I like it. Uh, but let's take a look at the distribution map. Like I said, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be on the calls. So, uh, you know, if this one is actually the red area, so large area. This is the game of the week. This is going to be a big matchup. Playoff implications are happening in this one, so it's good news for uh, for Rams fans in a large area here. So, of course, uh, you got the 49ers at the same time, so that one's kind of ruining uh, everything for the Rams getting getting uh, all the way across America. But either way, pretty large area. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, it's hard to complain about uh, having that crew on. And I realize that people are like, what? Joe Buck, he's an idiot, whatever. Like, But, yeah, I mean, that's cool. You're entitled to have opinions and stuff like that. I'm not going to tell you they're they're wrong. But either way, you know when Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are on your game, you're going to get some TV coverage, right? So when I see those names pop up under our, our game, I get excited about it because that means most people are going to be able to watch the LA Rams on this weekend, whether you like Joe Buck or not. I don't really care. None of my business. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at the history of this matchup. This is the 97th all-time meeting between these two teams. The total series is tied 47-47-2. and so the Rams did have that lead over the Packers between 2018 and just last season and then got ripped away from us in the playoffs. The most recent game between these two was that game on the 16th of January, just uh, earlier this year, last season. That was a 32-18 to win by the Green Bay Packers, and it just didn't work out for the Rams. You know, we had like a maybe like a 60% Aaron Donald, and I would go maybe like an 80-85% Jared Goff in that one. And when you have those kind of situations and no Cooper Cup, you know, situations like that, then it's 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 hard to it's hard to like swallow it. It's hard to leave that game being like, well, the better team won today, you know, like because the Rams were competitive in this game. It was actually like the the 14 point difference doesn't even feel accurate in this one because it just like the, the Rams were there. It just seemed like they were right there. And maybe maybe you get 100 percent Aaron Donald. Maybe you just add Cooper Cup and that's a different outcome. You know what I mean? So, well, unfortunately, we'll never know. And that's also the way that the the NFL works is sometimes you're hurt. Sometimes you're a little bit beat up. Hey, you still got to perform out there. So uh, Green Bay Packers, of course, did lose uh, the following week. So I, I hate to lose to losers. I know that some Rams fans are like, hey, this team won. They beat us. So I hope that they fail miserably. I don't want to lose to a loser. That just means you're a double loser. All right. That means you're a double loser. I want to lose to at least if you're going to lose, I want to lose to the champion because then you can at least feel a little bit better about it. It's like, well, at least we lost to the best. So we're second best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, then the first ever game between these two came on October 17th of 1937. And that was a 35-10 to 10 win uh, for the Green Bay Packers over the Cleveland Rams in 37. So let's take let's take a look at this game, though, okay? So, like, what, what, what gives? What gives about this game? All right, we have Rams and Packers, but you know how many storylines there are in this game? almost too many like I, I couldn't even necessarily choose which one I wanted to chase after and really nail home because there's a lot of different matchups that we're looking at in this one Sean McVay he's only lost three straight times one other time as the Rams head coach that was the 2019 season his one year 
without a playoff berth. Uh, LaFleur is 2-0 and heading into the bye week, and Sean McVay is 3-1 and coming off of a bye week, with that one loss being that same year, 2019, 12-17 loss at the Pittsburgh Steelers. So bye week on the road, and then uh, lost to the Steelers 12-17. Very close game, very close game. Um, but let's see here. Let's take a look at some of these matchups. First of all, let's start with uh, LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach, former Rams offensive coordinator. And he knows this team pretty well, but how well does he know Matthew Stafford? He's played him the last two seasons uh, four times. So unless he was in, anybody was injured, I'm not really sure. But So he's got at least four games prepping for Matthew Stafford uh, in that regard. But... I mean, Sean McVay is also the guy that taught him stuff. Who's the master here, man? Who is the master here? Uh, I I know that LaFleur is obviously he's killing it up there uh, in Green Bay, but he's also like he inherited a pretty sick roster. And so I want to see him build a team myself. Like I want to see him pick a quarterback, like a real quarterback, though, not a guy like Jordan Love. I want to see what that would look like. I also kind of want to see McVay do it, too. so So I'm not sure, but I don't even know who has the edge in this one. Does the guy who taught you what you know have the edge all over you because he knows more than you? He didn't give you all of his wisdom. Or do you know, uh, as LaFleur, are you the guy that has the advantage because the the guy that, the master, the, your your teacher, he was teaching you stuff. And like, you, you obviously don't want to lose while he's here. Like, you're not going to be sitting there game planning like, oh, no, I don't want to tell him to do this because what if someday he you're going against him? You know, <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. So... We also have Joe Barry versus Sean McVay. Joe Barry was the Rams linebacker coach for the last few seasons. Now is the Packers defensive coordinator. So what's Joe Barry going to have for uh, Sean McVay? He's got to know that offense at least a little bit, right? But when Joe Barry was here, Jared Goff was slinging the rock. And that's going to be obviously a pretty different situation here. So it's, uh, I don't, I would, I would guess that, that Joe Barry would have a slight advantage in that because we don't really know what Joe Barry would have done as a defensive coordinator. I'm still a little mad myself that Joe Barry's not our defensive coordinator, but that's a topic for another time. Or for last week, I guess. <laughs> Great response on that video, by the way. I do appreciate you guys on my uh, Raheem Morris video. Good stuff. We also have Matthew Stafford versus the Packers and the Packers versus Matthew Stafford. So Matthew Stafford knows Lambeau. He knows the Packers pretty well. He doesn't know the Packers' defense with Joe Barry, though. The Packers, they know Matthew Stafford, but they know Matthew Stafford is the Lions quarterback, not the Rams quarterback. And they kind of have an idea of Sean McVay, but not with Joe Barry. So that's that's where it gets all twisted up, man. Okay? That's where I don't know who's got the advantage where in this matchup. There's so many different aspects of this one to look at. And then an underrated matchup is Corey Bajorquez versus Johnny Hecker, okay? Which is not getting nearly enough credit, okay? Because Corey Bajorquez and Johnny Hecker, they were in a a heated battle in preseason where we thought, I had a video discussing, maybe maybe Johnny Hecker's time as a Rams punter is over. Corey Bajorquez is awesome. And then, of course, we ended up keeping Johnny, sent off Corey to the Green Bay Packers, and it's working out for them, I think. What's not working out for the Green Bay Packers in a foot is Mason Crosby because he's extremely inconsistent lately. So I like the Rams advantage there. Matt Gay, definitely better than Mason Crosby today. If you're looking snapshot today, it is the 24th of November. If we're taking snapshot today, Crosby, honestly, kind of not good this year. Okay. Matt Gay, though, killing it. Killing it. All right. So I'll take that one. I'll just take Johnny over Corey. I'll take... I'll take the Rams over the Packers. <laughs> um, but really what we're looking at here in this one, too, is when will the Rams pass rush take over? Because 
Now Von Miller's been here a little bit. He's been here enough where I feel confident that he would know our our defense and also that his his ankle would be a little bit more healed up than it has been. But it does feel like we're not going to be able to scheme a good defensive game plan as long as Raheem Morris is here. It just doesn't feel like that's going to be a thing of like of where we're going to see a defensive game plan unfold and be like, oh man, we could have put any players in this. It would have gone awesome. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't feel like it's going to happen. So when are the superstars going to set up or, or explode? When is Aaron Donald going to take over a game? When is Von Miller going to do that? Is Jalen Ramsey going to be the one that does it? Either way, I think that Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, Von Miller rushing after the quarterback, a quarterback who is broken toe. He's out here putting his foot up on national TV on uh, on the press conference, and he's telling Pat McAfee that he busted up his toe. So like that. He's got a broken pinky toe, and he's also missing three starters along that offensive line. Three starters along the offensive line and a broken toe. I like the Rams' ability to maybe get after the passer here, but also we've seen that story before. We've had this conversation before. Where it's like, hey, they got to be up offensive line. Maybe our pass rushers can get it done. And then it doesn't really unfold that way. So there's a lot of questions to be answered here. But is this going to be a game where the Rams can get after him? Because Bach is not back, all right? Bakhtiari is not back. He is not back, Tiari. And uh, then uh, Elton Jenkins going out, and then they also lost their center. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. You got a backup center and a backup guard trying to now going to be trying to block Aaron Donald. That's a tall task, man. Tall task. But at some point, I think that the Rams pass rush will be what kind of flips around this defense. I don't think it's going to be a schematic flip. I think it's going to be players just taking over. I think it's going to be players like it, like Aaron Donald has not had like a game where he just exploded yet. Von Miller hasn't shown up to the Rams yet. I mean, he's only played one game, but he hasn't had that like moment yet where we're like, holy crap, man, Vaughn Miller. You know, it just hasn't happened yet. Jalen Ramsey hasn't had that game where you're like, he is not letting anybody catch anything. You know, it just, when is that game going to happen? Is it going to be this game against the Green Bay Packers? I hope so. (laughs) Not for so many reasons, but I hope that this is, this is one of those ones that we get to see. Let's take a look at the matchup in this one. We'll start with the Rams offense versus the Packers defense. Rams offense is sixth in the NFL, fourth in passing, but 24th in running the football, not for a lack of, uh, of like quality carries. It's for a lack of try. (laughs) And, uh, you know, when, when your leading running back is getting, you know, nine carries a game, sometimes less, that's a problem. But Still 7th in points, putting up over 27 a game. Packers defense, 7th in total yards, 7th against the pass, 12th against the run, and 5th in points. So, very strong defense for the Green Bay Packers. And I think that they're playing better right now than they have for the the bulk of the season. Right now, they're shutting people down. They are absolutely lighting people up right now. I know that the, the Vikings game last week... They were Kirk Cousins was able to do some stuff to the Green Bay Packers defense. But let's not forget now... We're NFC West fans over here. We all know, especially us Rams fans who are from the dark era definitely know this, that division games are kind of a toss-up every time. Like Even like on the Rams' like worst years, we would stay like still like play the heck out of the, the 49ers and the Seahawks and stuff like that, even when they were really good. So you got to kind of take that into consideration there. And some of these, these averages did get ruined by that game uh, against the Vikings that the Packers had last week. But either way, the questions that we're trying to answer in this one, uh, will the Rams get their their run game going will they at least try because that's going to be a big important thing and i know we talked about it last week uh, quite a bit of you know the the rams just not running the ball and yes i do blame mcveigh for that because he's the one calling the plays but i also kind of understand mcveigh a little bit because we've gotten to learn mcveigh over these last few years 
And one thing that we've seen with him is that when when he's down, like when he drops down 14 points in the first quarter, he's going to get a little pass happy because he likes to play from from ahead. He wants a lead. And so when he loses that lead and we're throwing pick sixes and stuff like that, he gets a little bit antsy, I think, to a fault. Yes, it is his fault. But I also think that that's what's happening. And and when your defense is giving up, you know, a 93-yard drive that take, just takes its sweet time and they go all the way down the field and we're having trouble getting off the football on getting off the field on third down, I mean, then McVay is going to get a little antsy. He's going to be a little rushed. He's going to be a little just, I guess, like antsy. I don't know, man. It's just that's the way that he he it is a fault. I'm not saying I'm not trying to give him excuses or anything like that, but that's what I see. That's what I see out of Sean. He needs to fix it, but that is what I see. That's my explanation of what is at least happening with the run game. And on the other side, what will Joe Barry have for this Rams offense? He does know the Rams. He knows a lot of these players, but he does not know the Rams with Matthew Stafford. And what we've seen this season is that this is a very different offense from last year with Goff, where it, it felt like it was necessary to open up the field by getting a lot of that misdirection play action stuff going. Whereas Matthew Stafford, he is a such a good quarterback that Sean McVay feels the need to just let him drop back and, and launch it. I wanted to see Matthew Stafford in that Goff offense, though, the Goff offense. So... I mean, will we start to see it more? I think so, because this is also a situation where Sean McVay typically does his best work when he's able to self-scout, self-evaluate, and figure out where his problems are, not just what is his opponent trying to do. Because I think that's where he gets kind of caught up a little bit, is is only looking at his opponent, not necessarily like digging deep, opening up the McVay schematics and taking a peek around and seeing what he needs to get done. So... This is going to be a good situation to do that, and I think that we will see a little bit of a different Rams offense this week. Let's go to the other side of the football here. This is the Packers offense versus the Rams defense. Packers offense, 17th in the NFL. They're 13th in passing, 20th in rushing, so they seem low on a lot of these areas here, but let's keep in mind, this is still Aaron Rodgers. This is still Dylan, A.J. Dillon at running back. I would guess that Aaron Jones is not going to play in this game. And they're putting up uh, over 22 points a game, which is solid. Nothing necessarily to like write home about or anything like that, but their offense is playing fine. Their offense is not a problem yet. It's just not necessarily explosive. And the Rams defense, uh, middle of the road, uh, 16th again in total yards. Uh, it's 16th against the pass. Slightly better against the run, uh, ranking 11th and then tied for 14th in uh, points against with uh, just under 23. So, if you're looking at averages here, it looks like this game could literally be like 24 to 23 if you're looking at averages with the Rams winning that game. And that's just based on averages. But, you know, this is that this matchup here is intriguing to me because it does feel like it's mostly individual efforts that we're going to be watching. And uh, the, the question that we asked before was, you know, can the Rams pass rush take over this game? And that's kind of what we need to happen because, like I said, I have... I have little trust that a scheme will be able to be put together, a game plan will be able to be put together to stop Aaron Rodgers and this offense. We couldn't even stop Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's not a good offense. You know, That's not that good of a team out there. They have some weapons, George Kittle, Debo, they're good weapons out there in San Francisco, but let's not pretend like Jimmy Garoppolo is even a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. You know, Aaron Rodgers, though, he's the reigning MVP, so... It's going to come down to a lot of those individual efforts here, and I don't think we're going to be able to scheme it. It's going to come down to a guy like Aaron Donald. Is he able to take advantage of those injuries up front? Von Miller, what kind of real impact is he going to start to have 
as the season continues. And then people like Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, like what are they going to be able to do? But a lot of that stems from that pass rush that we absolutely need. And then, of course, on the other side of it, the hobbled Rodgers behind a patchwork offensive line. Can Rodgers Rodgers? Is Rodgers going to Rodgers, all right? Because he's Rodgers pretty hard in the past. So will that be able to happen in this one? Because we all know that what Rodgers can do when he's out there Rodgersing. It, he can score touchdowns and stuff, man. He's a good football player, obviously. He's a reigning MVP. He's a Hall of Fame guy. I mean, he's that's just what's going to happen. But that's going to be the question. Is uh, it, That offensive line is a big, big question mark in this matchup. And how will those backups do? Are they going to be able to hold off guys like Aaron Donald and and keep the other Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, the lamer Aaron? Is he going to be able to uh, to get away from him? So uh, that's... I mean, these. That is such a hard thing to predict in this one because you got stars versus stars here, and then that offensive line is just looking real rough. So the only thing stopping Aaron, Aaron Donald, the better Aaron, from beating the lesser Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and crushing his soul would be that bad offensive line. Well, backups on the offensive line, so we'll have to see what happens. Let's take a look at the three to see before we get into this interview with my buddy Jackson, and then we'll go uh, some fan casos here. Uh, three to see, we'll go with uh, we'll start with Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams, hopefully. Hopefully, we will see this matchup a lot more often than we are used to seeing Jalen Ramsey on number one targets this year. Um, but that is hopeful. That I am hopeful that that's the matchup that we'll see the bulk of the game. And uh, also, Ramsey was yelling at the defensive coaches against the San Francisco 49ers, and this is his first time back on a football field since that game. Of course, because that was our most recent game. So I'm kind of curious to see how this defense responds to that. Is one of your guys like Jalen Ramsey getting angry at the scheme? Is he just mad like something else happened? Maybe somebody said something. I don't know. But what it felt like from the outsider's perspective watching on television was that Jalen Ramsey was getting mad about what was being called. So maybe that'll fix uh, some things here. Maybe maybe that'll help us. We also got Aaron Donald versus his Packers offensive line. The Packers offensive line will be out Bakhtiari and still and will be down to their third string left tackle. Elton Jenkins will now be out as well. Uh, leading to three total offensive line starters out for the Green Bay Packers. And my final one here is actually going to be Odell Beckham Jr. versus that Packers secondary. Last week I was watching the game, the the Packers versus the the Vikings, and there was a touchdown by Justin Jefferson. What else is new? Dude scores a lot of touchdowns. Where Amos just looked really slow to me. And I like that combo of Savage and Amos, but there was a moment there where I was like, he is, like, is he fast? Like, what is happening here? So... I think that there there is some potential for the Rams to kind of carve up this secondary a little bit, especially since Alexander is not playing in this one. But OBJ should have a much better understanding of this Rams offense after the bye week. Of course, he only had three practices heading into that game against the 49ers. But we already were able to see some things where he was drawing attention away from other people. So like he drew in two defenders, hit cup deep, stuff like that, that I think that we'll be able to see more of that as the season goes on. Um, and then also uh, the Packers really are the first true team to see what Odell Beckham Jr. looks like in the Rams offense because he only had three practices going into that game against the Niners. So, I mean, that's, you gotta, you gotta take a look at the the different things, man. So, it's all factors. And, and now he's going to be a little bit more comfortable and we'll see what kind of impact he actually is going to have in this Rams offense. I think this is the real, really the first taste of that that we will get to see. So, Let's go ahead and get into this interview. I guys, just want to set this up a little bit for you guys because this this happened yesterday. Uh, but this is my good buddy Jackson, actually. And we go way back. Okay, we go like at my very first job, 
I I started and I ended up working my way to become a the the trainer at my position. And then he started there. And then he was like extremely obnoxious, super annoying and stuff like that, but he was still a good dude, you know? And 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 uh I was his trainer there. It was it was my first job. I became a trainer. It was his first job. So I trained him at his first job. And now actually on Monday, we actually start working together again, which is really exciting in our lives. I get a new job that I start on Monday, but that's all re- he he already works there. Uh so it's pretty cool stuff. We'll get to work again together, but uh like I said, me and Jackson go way, way back. I think I met him. It's it's had to have been about 12, 12 years now, I would say, uh, roughly, because I'm 30 now. So I, that feels about right as uh, maybe 12, 11 or 12 years, somewhere in that range. Uh, but, you know, uh, he's not a, like a YouTuber or anything like that. So I don't have like a, a, a channel to plug for him or anything. But great dude. One of the better human beings that I even know in my life and uh, super thrilled that he was able to take some time and talk with me. Super happy to to be a friend with this guy because he's such a just an awesome dude. He's hilarious. Super cool dude. He also is one of the newest owners of the Green Bay Packers. So they opened it up and he was able to uh, to hop in line and he sat there on his computer for ever and and now is uh he got himself a share. He's now a Packers owner, which is super cool stuff. Um, but you guys can follow him on 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 Twitter. I'll put his his uh his tag uh, under his thing, and uh, yeah, I'll put it on the screen for you guys, so you guys can follow him there. Super cool dude, great guy. But we are able to talk Rams and Packers. Let's get into it. What's going on, Rams fans? Joining me today on patrol, which is which feels like a uh, like a ride along of sorts. We've got Jackson, a Packers fan. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Man, it's good to have you. Yeah. The first ever guest in studio <laughs> at the Sheriff Station. How does that make you feel? Oh, that is, uh, that's an honor. I didn't quite that's... know that I was Well, first, the in, first in person, yeah. Yeah. So that's Sweet. Pretty, well, congratulations, thank first you. of all. Thank you, um, thank you. You know, and we got a big game coming up this weekend. Uh, one, of, one of our favorite matchups, <laughs> obviously, as, uh, as our friendship goes on. Uh, I've known you for quite a long time now, but... You know, we're going to be watching the game together this weekend at yep. Kelly O'Brien's. So, uh, first and we'll foremost, I got to I gotta know, man, what, what's on your plate? What are you eating for this one? Ooh, that is a, that is a tough one. I'm, uh, I'm probably just going to get the Packer. Yeah, see, that's what I hate, though, because, <laughs> A, the Packer's delicious, yeah, and, B, there's fantastic. no Ram. Why is there no RAM? I need Yet. to. Uh, uh, well, yeah, we just gotta, you know. You just, look. you just need to talk to Julie. I, uh, we do. Julie, if you're watching this, I don't know why you <laughs> would be, but uh, we need a RAM, okay? So that that needs to happen next. But you know, like I said, we got a pretty big game coming up this weekend. Uh, what do you expect to see in this? Like, what, what's your general mm. feel for this game? My general feel for this game. I say we win. I, I say that it I say that it's a it's a tough fought battle. There's no way that we don't come out of this without some bumps and bruises, which thankfully we have the bye week right afterwards. So as far as the game is concerned, I think it's gonna be a slugfest. I think it's gonna be just taking shots at each other up and down the field. Yeah, I mean most likely. I mean you got LaFleur who actually has not lost going into a pre or into a bye week, I mean. And Sean uh, McVay, who is now 3-1 and one, coming off of a bye, which is what the Rams' okay. situation is looking like right now. But yeah. what, what should we expect out of this Packers secondary? And I ask that specifically because when I watched the game last week, uh, you know, a player that looked a little slow to me was Amos. Can, do you have anything on that? I don't have anything on Amos specifically because I was more concerned with Darnell Savage. Oh, okay. I, I had more of an eye on him, especially with those two interceptions that... 
were unfortunately called back. I mean, unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But because I'm rooting against NFC right now. Of course so. you are. Yeah. But uh, uh, to speak to Lafleur's record, um, Lafleur in his now, let's see, in his third year as Packers head coach has yet to lose back-to-back games. So so there's a first time for everything. I mean, of course, but not now. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, <laughs> I can't say that McVay, in his career as a Rams head coach, has only lost three straight one time. Mm. And this, this is only the fifth time that he's lost back-to-back games in any capacity. Yeah. So. Six if you count those three. It's two back-to-backs in a row, I guess. So what you're telling me is that there's already precedence. Yeah, but your offensive line is a little beat up, and I don't yes, want to talk about that because are. the Bach is not back. The Bach is not back. He is not. He is not Bach right now. He is um, not Bach. But also, he said he would be Bach. He would. He is and not Bach. He's not Bach. Well, he's still Bach, but he's not back. Yeah. But either way, we also saw another injury, a, a torn ACL on mm-hmm. the offensive line. Elton Jenkins is now not going to be in this game. So he is. How do you anticipate the Packers losing now, being out three offensive line starters? How, how do you think that they'll be able to block Aaron Donald with Leonard Floyd and now the addition of Bob Miller? Yeah. Um, well, the Packers are a next-man-up, don't-flinch mentality team. And Yash, I'm going to butcher this, oh. Yemen, I believe is his last name. <laughs> He's going to be our starting left tackle. And I don't know enough about him. I think he was... He was uh, undrafted out of Virginia, I believe. Okay. And I just, we have not seen him in a game often enough to really know how he's going to do. Well, we are going to know him after this one. We are. <laughs> um, I would definitely say that we're going to see uh, Big Dog, Mercedes Lewis, yeah. and potentially Alan Lazard in play for the blocking game. Uh, I don't see a way around that, especially with Aaron's toe. So I don't know if you've been on the Twitterverse this this uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. I tried to stay <laughs> away from it, honestly, but this week I am paying a little closer attention. Yeah. I'll give you that. But um, he came out on uh, the Pat McAfee show, and he was saying that uh, it, it appears that his pinky toe is broken. Oof. Yeah. I did not actually see that, so uh, that's kind of interesting news. It is. He's so going to be running, man. He's got to run for his he life. He has to run for his life. Yeah. But... He's also said that regardless of what he's going to do for that toe, sitting it out is not an option. Good. Yeah. So he's Good. he's not sitting it out. <laughs> I think what you might see is that we run up the score so high that we just put love in here in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but... probably. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me feel That's, free. Yeah, we'll see, man. But, keep me away from the whiskey. Well, in, in fairness, though, we are seeing... <laughs> We are seeing the Rams come off of two primetime games that have actually not gone our way. I'm sure you've paid attention in some capacity to the in Rams' some last two games. Yeah. And so a loss to the Titans, a loss to the 49ers, both in primetime, both in the, the modern throwback uniforms. We're not in that. We're in the bone this one, so mm. we got a little bit of something. But <laughs> um, From the outsider's perspective, though, a Packers fan looking into the Rams' organization in these last two games, mm-hmm. how do you see the Rams' ability to bounce back from this? I see your offense's ability to bounce back as... Spectacular. I mean, the one one of the things that you guys have going for you right now is Stafford. The other thing that you have going against you is Stafford. So <laughs> Stafford is no stranger to Lambo. True. Right? He's played there 
at least once a year for the last, what, 13 years, something like that? 11, I think. Yeah. yeah. But he is, I mean, he knows Lambo. He knows the energy. He knows, he knows what's on at stake here. And Stafford is also very well known by the Packers. So figuring him out for us is not going to be as hard as some of these other teams. I, I think that's such an interesting uh, like like nugget of this game is that it's Stafford versus the Packers. So Stafford knows the Packers, Packers know Stafford, but we also get Joe Barry versus the Rams offense. Yes, and, and that's what's got me very excited. And McVay knows Joe Barry, but Joe Barry knows McVay. They know each other. So which one prevails? Like the Packers know Stafford, out. Stafford knows the, knows the Packers. Which one wins? And, you know? I mean, it's it's also the classic of LaFleur versus McVay. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's who is the master? Who is yeah. the apprentice? Yeah, the master has now become also a master. So yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is, there's so many different, like, dynamics that go back and forth into this, into oh, this yeah. matchup. Um, so, like, this has been the game that I've been looking forward to all season long. Yeah. Like aside from, you know, as as stated earlier, the the capital that it has on our friendship. Yeah, the homie chronicles. The, the homie yeah. chronicles, if you will. I just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I dig it. Um <laughs> show idea. Yeah. <laughs> it it's also the playoff imp- implications. Right? True. Yeah. So the Packers are the Packers are one game out outside of the the one seed. Mm-hmm. with going into this game. Now, losing this game would potentially put us two games outside of that. I mean, the overall goal, get to the dance. Get to the yeah. dance, figure it out later. Especially in the NFC this year, because there's oh, so yeah. many good NFC teams. I mean, you, you talk about it, like the Arizona Cardinals sitting at the one seed now, Green Bay Packers are in two. Then you have the the Cowboys and the Bucks right there. Yep. You've got the, a strong five seed in the LA mm-hmm. Rams, and then sitting just behind the Rams now, oddly enough, is the Vikings uh, in your division. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's just kind of a lot of mixing up going on yeah. right now. Uh, you got the 49ers who seem like they could be coming and the in. The Saints are still sitting at the seven seed with, yeah. with Trevor Simeon. At the helm. I mean, I, I expect them to fall off, but oh, yeah. but also who takes that spot? Could it be the 49ers, a team that's in the Rams division? Could you be. Know, uh, do you guys play that them or wild. already did? We already did. And you guys beat them, right? We beat them in a with a walk-off field goal when Mason Crosby was still making kicks. And you guys beat the Seahawks. Yes. So, entering the season, it looked like the NFC West was the best division in football. And if you guys come away with the win in this one, you guys complete the gauntlet. We of, swept them. Of the NFC West. So, yeah. we can't let that happen. Uh, the Rams have to be like the the stand up strong yeah. for uh, for the the NFC West in this uh, series or this season. Yeah. Now going back to your your previous question of my outsider's perspective, yeah. I think that one of the things that really goes against you right now is Raheem Morris. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I to the choir, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because while our offensive line may have a hard time containing Aaron Donald, Von Miller. And uh, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd, thank you. Um, our defense is going to terrorize you across the board. I think that. I mean, yeah, the Packers defense playing strong. They're yeah. seventh in just about everything right now. I think that's against the pass, against the run. Uh, third also, against the pass. third against the pass. Okay, yeah. So I've got it all right here. Uh, so it's uh, it's actually seventh in total, uh, seventh against the pass, and then twelfth against the run. So that may have changed, and then fifth in points actually. Yeah. So the Vikings game really hurt us. 
in so many ways. <laughs> My <laughs> soul, so ways. especially. <laughs> yeah, man. So to kind of wrap up here, I uh, kind of want to just hit some some interesting yeah. predictions slash just conversation, mm. conversational debates, potentially. I don't know. I don't want to go launch too deep into anything crazy here, but the 10-yard line. All right, mm-hmm. your quarterback, my quarterback are not going to change. It's going to be Matthew Stafford, going to be Aaron Rodgers, okay. all that stuff. So we got one-on-one Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Ten attempts. How many touchdowns does Adams get? How many picks does Ramsey get? And how many incomplete passes are there? I'm going to say five touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Five touchdowns. Three incomplete passes and two picks. Interesting. Okay. Because it's, it's it's easier to bat a ball away than it is to catch it in that scenario. So, I I mean, and Rodgers is just, he's such a magician with just putting those balls right where only his guy can get it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I actually have a little bit of a different uh, take on it. I actually go three, three, four. Three okay. touchdowns, three picks, four incompletions. Because I do mm. agree with you that the incompletions, I think, would outweigh everything else. Yeah. Um, Devontae Adams, obviously, absolute best monster, hands in the superstar. Jalen Ramsey, though, best corner in the NFL. One of them. Speaking of another one, uh, let's go. <laughs> let's 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 talk about the other one here, which is Jair Alexander. Mm. But against my guy, I'm going to pick my Rams' best wide receiver right now, and that's Cooper Cup, who. Apparently, it's pretty hot debate that he's one of the best in the NFL. We had a bye week this week. He's still first in the NFL in, in yards as well as touchdowns. So yeah, now, an amazing year. Absolutely. So we'll go Cup versus Alexander. Touchdowns, interceptions, picks. Same situation. Same quarterbacks. Well, you got like it's, yeah. now it's it's Stafford throwing the throwing the rock. Everything. What's the, what's the outcome? Definitely. Um, and these aren't just fade passes, by the way. I'm talking just no. ten yard line. Yeah. Run around. Get it in. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, I think Cup scores four times. Jair picks. Mm. I think Jair picks it twice. And then four incompletions. That that's ten? not bad. Yeah, that's, that's a, that is ten. That is um, ten. Yeah, so. Just because, so, it's really hard to say what Jair Alexander is going to do when he comes. Like, not just. Yeah, in, he's in obviously a, a hurt. Right? He's, he's, he's very hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping that he comes back after the bye. Yeah. We're, I mean, I'm hoping that so many people come back after the bye. They can come back after the bye all they want. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, I think that as far as what he's capable of doing, I don't even know that we know yet. I mean, we've, we've seen spectacular play out of him. We've seen a few missed plays out of him. But it's also just, I mean... We have such limited data of what he's, what he's, where he's at right now. That True. if we're looking at Cup, where Cup is at right now, you have to look at where Jair Alexander <laughs> is. Right now. Yeah. And I just don't have that. I absolutely agree. And like based on all of the knowledge that I have, based on you know knowing who Alexander is as a player, knowing who Cooper Cup is as a player, I think it's easy. 10 0 0. We obviously have to then retract my statement earlier, and Devontae is coming down with 11 (laughs) touchdowns out of 10 
But see, this is the thing on Cooper Cup, though, is that a very underrated aspect of his game, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it, is his route running. Because he, yeah. he's actually been able to invent routes this year. Yeah. Like, we've actually seen that happen where, and luckily for the Rams, we have a quarterback who is kind of in tune with what Cup mm-hmm. is doing, and it's paying off. I, you, mean, I mean, we're seeing a potential record-breaking season. Chemistry is, is the unspoken for factor here. True. Right? I mean, you've got the chemistry between Rodgers and Adams. Yes. It's undeniable. Yeah. Right? Man, my favorite memory of them is when Devontae missed a catch in the end zone. He comes back to the line, and you can hear him say it. Let's do it again. That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. I love those moments, man. And those then he's like, and then he perfectly, it's perfect catch. It's a beautiful toe drag. Scores. That's perfect, man. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, what what's your uh, final score pick, and uh, who do you think is going to be MVP of this game? Ooh. All right. Um, I think the MVP is probably going to be our secondary. Why? Because our secondary is going to be responsible for, for maintaining everything. Our defensive line, our defensive front is going to be able to plug up Hendo. But you don't have to plug up Hendo when you give it to him seven times. I mean, I mean that's so right. if the play calling works out, <laughs> then... Uh, yeah. Because Hendo's also, he's a five-yard yeah. carry guy. Yeah. So even if you're stuffing him, now he's getting league averages, which is closer to 3.5 to 4 inch. Fair. So. But we're going to take away your running game. It's just how it's going to work. Um, and so it's really going to come down to our secondary and whether or not our secondary can beat out your wide receivers. Which... So score prediction. Score prediction. Hmm. Now take your time. Yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm going to say 31-27, Green Bay. Okay. So good high-scoring game. Uh, for my MVP in this one, I am going to give it to Cooper Cup, and a big part of that is no Alexander. I'm not sure if I fully trust that uh, Green Bay secondary right now. Hmm. I do like the combo of Savage and Amos back there uh, in, the, in the at the safety position. So I do like them, but Cooper Cup, as we know, uh, can eat it up underneath. So uh, he's also now, we've, ar- we've already seen it on one play specifically where we lined up OBJ in the backfield, sent him on a little little swing route, and that drew two defenders up and let, left Cooper Cup wide open. I'm not sure if the rest of the NFL is going to be fully ready to uh, see what OBJ does in this Rams offense. And this is really the first test of him in the, in the Rams offense. That game against the 49ers, he had two catches. I mean, it's, it's hard to really yeah. judge him off of that. So now he's had a bye week. He's a little bit more in tune with the offense. So I'm going to go with that one. And as far as a score prediction, I do think points will be scored because the Rams defense, oh, I, have, I, don't trust that, <laughs> I don't trust Raheem Morris at all. So what I think that we could see in this one would be somewhere in the 30s range for both teams because I like the Rams' mm. ability to put up over 30. I don't like the Rams' ability to stop Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and uh, whether that be uh, Aaron Jones or Dylan, I don't think it matters. That's a strong running game, so I think they'll put up into the 30s as well. I'm going to go 37-34 L.A. Rams. Jackson, where can we find you on Twitter? I know you're being more active there. Uh, is a Jackson Graham four Graham spelled like the uh, I'll put it cookie. Up. Yeah, Graham Graham like the cookie. Graham like the cookie. Thanks, dude. Yeah, man. Special thank you again to Jackson for sitting down with me. First ever in person guest at the sheriff station here, so that was pretty awesome stuff. Let's go ahead and get into our fan cases, though. The first one here comes from John. 
And this case, so it is. So Stafford and the receivers appear to have been on uh, to been a little out of rhythm the last couple of games. Stafford has been limited in practice due to injuries to his back and ankle. This has not been talked about much in the press. How much of a factor has this been in the Rams' offensive struggles over the last two games? I do think it is uh, relevant, but I'm not necessarily sure how much of an impact it really is. So, it, of course, it's going to impact your timing and your all of that stuff when you're when you're dealing with an injury like that um, with the with your other players and stuff like that. Like obviously, the being out there in practice is the best form of you know, getting ready for a game, but I don't know, man, he's such a veteran. And I think that really the, the, the issues that we're seeing are, are more so with the wide receivers than with him specifically. So, uh, I, I, we're seeing a lot more drops than we, than we're used to seeing out of the squad. So I think that that's a big part of it, but obviously we want him out there, but we also got to like, we're in such a weird spot with Matthew Stafford because it's like, we're, we can't push him too hard. He's like getting older. You know what I mean? And, but we also like need him out there in practice and stuff like that. So it's kind of an interesting balance that we're trying to hit right now. I think it does have an impact, but I think that the biggest impact on the Rams offense is the Rams defense. And I know that that doesn't necessarily like, not everybody agrees with that, but what I really think is happening is that, that the Rams defense is having such a hard time getting off of the field that when the Rams get the ball back, it's like, what do we need to do right now? Like, let's score right now. You know what I mean? Like we, it's like... The Rams offense feels like it's in such a rush to just score touchdowns, not let anything kind of develop and try to build off of stuff. So I think that that's the biggest detriment to the Rams offense right now. Next one here comes from Edwin. Uh, If you could go to a Thanksgiving dinner with anyone on the Rams current team, who would you pick and why? Ooh, you know what? I think I would go with less make a deal Sneed, man, because I want to just pick his brain. I have so many random questions that I want to ask him. And so few are football related. Like there's so many things that like, I just like, I'm so interested in Leslie's personality. Like he's got such like a weird, like he's not like a weird guy, but he's like the way that he talks is like, it's almost subtle. It's almost like he's leaving out so much that it like makes me want to ask follow-up questions. Whenever I see him doing a press conference, there's always like eight more follow-up questions that I would have had to any one of his answers. And so that's what I would want to do. I would want to talk to Les. And he's also just a cool dude, and he's also the responsible. He's also responsible for what I would say is a lot of Joe's happiness because of the Rams signings and being able to trade and and, and do some cool things. So I'm thankful for Les. Happy Thanksgiving, Les. <laughs> Next one here from Edwin. If the defense plays a lot better against Green Bay and shuts down Adams, and our pass rush gets to Rodgers, will you still be on the fire Raheem Morris train? Yeah, it's gonna take a lot to get me off now, man. I'm 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 on board, man. And we are rolling. You can't just bail right now. It's it's gotten a lot. It's I've gotten to this point, man. It's take it takes a lot for me to get to this point with a guy, on the, especially a Rams member. It takes me so much to be like, you know what? I'm sick of seeing this. Get him out of here. Like it that it's not a normal thing for me. So I'm pretty I'm pretty dug in man my heels are in the ground on this one but I will say that if the Rams defense like can actually schematically start playing better and not just get taken over by individual players then at the end of the season I'll kind of reevaluate but no and until further notice I'm definitely on this uh this train because I think he's not do- I, I don't think he's doing a very good job that's all that's all I I, I I don't hate the dude 
I think he's a good dude. I think he's cool. I like him in press conferences. I like his presence, all that stuff. I just don't think he necessarily fits in with uh, the entire the entire vibe of the Rams right now, which is aggression, obnoxious, loud. He's none of those things. So, next one here comes from Rams House. Uh, predict how the rest of the season goes for Stafford. I still have a ton of faith in him. And a lot of people are losing faith, but I think he's he is still a difference maker for this team. I think he's going to be fine. I think that this little stretch here. I almost think that the Rams got too high on themselves. I And I realize that that kind of sounds ridiculous because we have not been in first place since, was it week four against the Cardinals? So it's been a while since we've held on to that top spot in the NFC West. But I almost feel like this, this Rams team needs the occasional wake-up call. Like we just need that occasional just wake up, just smelling salt kind of thing to be like, oh crap, like we are not mortal. You know what I mean? It's like, without the Bears loss in the 2018 season, I don't know if the Rams make the Super Bowl. You know, stuff like that. It's like, it just felt like the Rams needed something. And getting absolutely blasted by a division opponent on primetime, that, that'll, that'll do it, <laughs> you know? That'll definitely wake some people up. So I, I anticipate that Matthew Stafford will come into this final stretch of the season with just a little bit more level-headed He's going to not be sailing as many passes, at least I'm hoping. Uh, I think this is all wishful thinking at this point, but uh, I, I think that he will be a little bit more calmed down than he has been uh, in these last few games. So, no, I'm not necessarily worried about Matthew Stafford. What I'm worried about is is uh, the, the defense not being able to get off the field and the drop passes that we've seen. I don't. I put so much less on Stafford and a lot more on guys. Like, why is Cooper Cup and Tyler Hubie, why are they dropping balls on third down, man? That's so out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? So I, I think we got to see that kind of stuff first. But um, no, how the rest of the season will go for predict how the rest of the season will go. I think he's going to do fine. I think he's going to get that that interception average back down because uh, he's he's had a uh, the, the pick sixes have been a problem these last two. But one of those I put on Higby. One of them was definitely his. So uh, I just think we'll see a lot more calm Stafford. That's what I predict. I, I think we'll see a, a just. A Stafford playing some Stafford ball. You know what I mean? Uh, last one here is going to come from Payo Time. You're trapped on that island that Jurassic Park is on. It's dinosaur filled. And he mentions I'm not a movie buff. That is true. I'm not a movie guy. <laughs> last time I was in a movie theater, I saw a draft day, <laughs> which was 2012. Quite a while. Um, pick three Rams active players for your survival team. You need to get across the island where there is a boat coming in four hours to pick up survivors. I love this question. Okay, so we'll start with Aaron Donald because you need brute force. Um, because if, if like a T-Rex shows up, I need to know that there's somebody there stronger than a T-Rex, which is Aaron Donald. So uh, definitely Donald. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, he'll also, he'll make sure that everybody else is safe too. You know what I mean? Like, like, he's going to be, he'd be that guy, you know. Uh, let's see, who else? I go Jalen because of confidence. He's got that confidence uh, that you would need to get away from a dinosaur. Um, yeah, he's flashy enough and loud enough and stuff like that. Like, I th he'd be, he would be fun. And then my final one, I think you need a calming presence after that. Um, you need somebody to just a little bit more level-headed who can just kind of like, no matter what the situation is, can kind of just be like, oh, we just need to do this, guys. It's fine. 
So I'm going to go Jordan Fuller because that's Jordan Fuller's personality, man. Just calm, laid back. I feel like he just analyzes and reacts like that. Like, it's not just like something doesn't like something happens. He's not like, like he, just losing his mind like a Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he's he's more of like, OK, this happened. We want to do this or we could do this. OK, this is. Yeah, let's go. And do, you know what I mean? I just feel like that's kind of who he is. Love the question, though, man. Appreciate you. That's good stuff. All right, uh, that is going to do it for me. Uh, first and foremost, guys, before I completely bounce out of here, I want to just, like, as my Thanksgiving comments here, uh, first of all, I just I want to thank you guys uh, so much for, for uh, hanging out with me all the all this time. You know, Ram Showcase is like five and a half years old. I anticipate doing this for as long as I humanly can. Until I cannot do Ram Showcase anymore, it will be a year-round weekly show. I, I don't see any reason why I would stop, and I definitely don't want to stop. But so, thank you guys so much for just being here and allowing me to do this. It's been an absolute blast, uh, absolutely. So I'm thankful for you guys for for talking Rams football with me because, uh, you know, before the show started, I was just unloading this knowledge onto like my friends and family, and they did not care at all, and I got no positive feedback. <laughs> So, thank you guys. I do genuinely, genuinely appreciate everybody who is uh, who listens to Ram Showcase and hangs out with me. Uh, other than that, though, guys, make sure you guys follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Just search Rams Showcase. It is very simple stuff there. Hope you guys all have an absolutely incredible Thanksgiving. Uh, genuinely hope that everybody has the best day ever. And you guys look back and you're like, man, this was one heck of a Thanksgiving. I loved it. I really genuinely hope that for you guys. Special thank you again to Jackson for coming and talking Rams Packers with me. Uh, that set my show way over time, but I think you guys are okay with it. I do appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Beggs. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports World Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.